Deuteronomy chapter 25. Deuteronomy chapter 25. Um, when I was a, a, a younger person, uh, I remember there was a, a band that came out called the Beastie Boys. I don't know if you ever heard of them. The Beastie Boys, they were rappers. And they had a, the Beastie Boys had a, uh, a song, and it was called, You Gotta Write, you, uh, you Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party. And I was thinking about that in context to, you know, what happened on Monday. Monday uh, was Veterans Day, and uh, uh, they have a big Veterans Day parade every year. Interesting. I heard that Donald Trump was the first sitting president to ever go to a Veterans Day parade. Um, and Veterans Day is a little different than Memorial Day. I want you to follow with me tonight. See, Memorial Day is when we honor our veterans and we honor those uh, who, in the memory of those who have fought before, you know, for those who have fought battles. We, on a Memorial Day, it wouldn't be unlikely for someone to preach or, or to speak uh, and, pray and, and, and pray a prayer over those who had passed away, died in the past, uh, in, in prior wars and battles. But Veterans Day is a little different because Veterans Day is more about honoring or acknowledging or lifting up those who remembered to fight. Those who who decided in, you know, that 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 they decided and said to themselves, I am going to fight now. I'm going to fight. And maybe I'm not a hero, maybe I didn't die in a battle, but I'm going to be ready to fight. And that's what Veterans Day is really about. It's about honoring our military and our military veterans. It's not that it's necessarily not about honoring um, uh, those who, who, who fought in the past, but it has a different feel to it. It's not the same uh, as a Memorial Day. And so, I have a message tonight that I, I want to preach that I think we all need to listen to, and maybe it's, maybe it's something that we need to really, really hear. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17. It says, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear, when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around, in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance, that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget 
could be said, you shall not forget to fight. Everyone from time to time forgets things and it's not always a crisis when you forget something. You know, have you ever been in the car and someone's like, you know, they tell you about something they forgot and it's really not that significant and you're like, okay, right? You know, they're acting like it's this big, big deal and it's, it's really not that big a deal. But there are other times when you can forget something and it can literally be deadly. And I think that one of the things that Christians forget most often that is totally deadly is the reality and the nature of war in a Christian life. The reality and nature of fighting. Fighting for something. Spiritually, we're living in a hostile environment. And it's significant. And what Christians are supposed to do is be obedient to God and to fulfill what God's commission is. That's like his walking papers to you. When you get into a, a, a join a military, you walk on to uh, the, the, the base that they send you to after basic training, and they give you papers. And that is your commission. That is the paper that says, this is where you're going to be. This is the barrack you're going to be in. This is the division you're going to be. This is going to be your uh, the leader. And you're going to be in this troop. They're your papers. And I think that there is a little bit of uh, conflict and opposition that needs a little bit of militancy on our part. I think in essence we need to rise up and we need to fight. Problem is, we're not always in a constant state of conflict, are we? See, what happens is the battles they cease at times, or we have victories sometimes. And in essence, we focus somewhere else when it comes to the kingdom of God or Christian life. And we forget that a battle's going on. Maybe even because of previous victories and the enemy retreating from us, we make the mistake of assuming that there's not going to be any more battles. Or maybe even because of the nature of the battle, the nature of the assault, What happens is we forget. We don't see it for what it really is. In the text that we're reading about, what's happening to Israel here is that they're entering Canaan under the leadership of Joshua. And he's calling the people to remember what happened a long time ago when they were weak and they were tired and they were attacked by the people of Amalek, the sons of Esau, the mighty warriors who saw an opportunity to, to have a cash grab. They saw an opportunity to just sort of get in there and take some things. And a lot of times, we don't realize that every single day the devil is 
crouching outside the door of the church, just waiting to take souls. Just like Amalek. God describes him as pure evil. And as Pastor Fussell said so perfectly, you know, the other day, uh, I think it was Tuesday night, spoke about the fact that, you know, time runs out for everyone. That, you know, we don't know when that is, but there's always a time when it runs out. And, and for Amalek and their people, this was going to be the time that God had ordained and said, you know what, no more from them. He had given them their opportunities to repent. He had given them their opportunities to turn away from their evil ways. And now was time for them to pay the price for their sins. And I want you to think about what God did and how he did it. So he's speaking to them just as they're, you know, they were just coming out of Egypt and they got attacked from behind. The people who got hurt were those who were lagging behind. They were the weaker ones, the tired ones. The stronger ones may have forgotten about those weak ones. They may have forgotten about them. See, sometimes we're walking with God and we have a lot to learn about faith. We have a lot to learn about the reality of God being with us and being with us as a group. The point is that at that time they couldn't handle the battle that was before them. And God is telling them, don't forget about that. Don't forget about that time when you couldn't handle it. See, they weren't looking for a fight, but the fight came to them. Leslie, hey, Wes, you got one more chance. I'm going to come down there and spank you. Both of you, you need to get on the other side to get away from your brother. See, the fact is, enemies don't fight fair. You know, a lot of times enemies will attack you right at the beginning of something good. Something good's happening and then the enemy will come and it will attack you right then. Won't give you time to, you know, uh, garner all your troops together and get your life right. That's why it's so important to teach people to respond to God's word. To respond to what God tells them. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I value the hairs on the back of my neck, if you know what I mean. When I sense something, I don't just ignore it. I don't just go, oh yeah, fine. I value the fact that, you know, we have like a, 
sense. And you might want to develop that through prayer and through the Word of God when you're thinking about new converts, when you're thinking about your children, when you're thinking about your loved ones, that you want to have heaven be their home. Because there are times where we are weary. And the reason we're weary is because the devil does not want us to get any closer to God. He doesn't want us to trust in God. And so he's making our lives sometimes difficult. He's making it a challenge. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes if you don't develop character and a strategy against the enemy and you don't understand the characteristics and the strategies of your enemy, you'll fall prey. And you'll become captive and and you'll become a casualty of war. The point is, enemies seldom fight fair and launch frontal assaults. Remember, Satan is a liar. He always has been and he always will be. He uses things that are deceptive and subtle and sneaky. Right? That's why many people are under attack and they don't recognize it for what it is. They don't see it for what it is. And because of this, they don't respond to it properly. I can't tell you how many people I talk to them. I can tell they're being defeated emotionally, spiritually. Physically, they're getting worn down. And I can tell that their eyes are on so many other things other than, you know, their relationship with God. See, you can be so busy complaining that you forget praying. That's what happened to the Jewish people. They were busy complaining. You know? How many times do you see kids, your own kids, my own kids, right? They're complaining about things. Right? Complaint, complaint, complaint. You know? Right? Everything's a complaint. And they don't know how to be happy. They don't. I mean, my kids, they think sometimes, uh, recently my son, you know, he's, he'll think like, oh, well, the, the, the video will make me happy. Then he watches the video and he complains about the video. Right? And then he complains about his eyes being tired. Well, you've been sitting there watching the video for 15, 20 minutes in a row. Three hours just continues to build. Right? They wake up in the morning, oh, school is so early. Well, that's because last night was so late. See, I want you 
want you to listen to me. To listen to what I'm saying. God wanted the Amalekites destroyed. He wanted the evil to be destroyed. And the reason is because he knew that they would continue to hound the people of God. They weren't the giants that they talked about in the land. They were the seed of Esau. The lineage of Agag, it says, and of Canaan. You can read about them in 1 Samuel 15 in the book of Esther. From Joshua all the way through the book of Judges till Saul was king, they hadn't gained total dominion or destroyed the seed of Amalek. The book of Esther, you have Haman and the spirit of Amalek tried to destroy all the Jews who were captive. And there are those enemies, those things in our lives that want to destroy people completely. You may gain a victory over them for every once in a while, but you haven't destroyed it. These are things you only deal with, with once they become a problem, for instance. Right? You only deal with them enough to get a short-term victory. Can I tell you something? We have some young people here. Some of you have to get to that place in your life where you start to say, why do I hate obeying my parents? Why do I hate cleaning my room? Why do I hate things that I know are right? God is saying to you sometimes blot something out because it's a repeated stumbling block one of the things that I, I, I noticed you know I used to be a restaurant manager there were certain people that in the restaurant business that just let things pile up and then they had a big mess to deal with And I would have to break them of that habit. So every time I would walk in to the kitchen and I would see stuff that was just lying around, I would gather it all together. And I would have to tell the person, come on. Come on, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Because... They wanted to just let things build up until they were a problem. See, what's the significance of what I'm trying to say? The significance is that oftentimes we have to realize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, the Bible says but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So you must ask yourself when you miss an event because you're tired or you don't do something that you're supposed to do or you haven't made a stand in a certain arena. You have to ask yourself, why are you saying or why are you blaming flesh and blood? How many 
people do I know who say, ah, you know, I didn't make church, I was tired. Really? You were tired. You were tired. Think about that. I mean, don't, God bless you, listen, you missed church because you were tired last week or a month ago or whatever. I'm not railing on you. What I'm telling you is you're wrong. It's not because you're tired. It's not flesh and blood, the Bible says. That's not what you're wrestling against. You can come to church tired. And it should teach you to not come to church tired. It should teach you to figure out where to make church a priority so that when church comes, you're fresh. When I first started coming to church uh, and really beginning to work, it was with my, my uh, you, you know him, Pastor Tom Philbin. So, you know, the first two years or so of my salvation, I was just, you know, I was just making this, you know, I was making this church and I was just going, right? And I was, you know, God was helping me, don't get me wrong, but I was just sort of going through the motions. Uh, not that I was doing it consciously, I just, I didn't know what to do, so I just came and did whatever I could. And I was excited, I was fired up. But I wasn't really going to work, I wasn't sitting there thinking to myself, you know, what can I possibly do for God that's gonna, you know, that's gonna build the church, you know? I didn't think that way. I didn't think about my family even that much. I didn't think about their salvation that much. Gotta be honest. Truth was, I mean, yeah, if it came up, I would be like, yeah, you know, I hope God helps them. But I wasn't contending, I wasn't fighting any battles for them. And I remember one day I was came in and I was tired, and a few years had gone by, and I used to always hear Pastor Philby, he would say, he would say to me, Man, you know, the worst day is Monday. Monday is the worst day. And I'd be like, Monday? He'd be like, oh, yeah. Because like, I've been, you know, I've been working so hard all weekend on the things of God and doing it and figuring out what I'm going to do for the things of God for the next week. That by Monday, i got to go into my real job. <laughs> you know, the one I get paid for. One where I can get fired. Not, to, not that God can't fire me. But he's saying, I'm just exhausted. Everyone else comes in, they're fresh. You know, they, they've been, you know, they've had the weekend off, you know. And I'm going in there and I'm, I'm dead tired. But he had built up a stamina over the years. He built up a strength over the years because, you know, the things of God have been begun to, to, you know, manifest in his life. And the truth is, many times we get this backwards. We're so focused on, you know, how we perform at work. We're so focused on, uh, you know, on getting up early. Or whatever it may be, depending on the person. And we're not focused on how is our next time of worship with God going to be? 
How many people are we dragging out of the pits of hell? Have we remembered to fight? And you know what? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, you know, the idea of what we do. You know, sometimes we make everybody else an enemy except who the real enemy is. You know, we make our pastor the enemy. We make our husbands or our wives the enemies, our brothers the enemy. We make our friends the enemy. And the problem, the real issue that we have is our own flesh. It's our own flesh and blood that we're not in control of. Sometimes we're sitting there, you know, rebuking demons, right? And we're, we're not even realizing that that's not even the issue. The issue is just our flesh. And if you don't believe me, look at what happened to Moses. You know, people blamed him and they blamed God and all it was was their flesh rising up. We don't like eating the same thing every day. Why do we gotta eat the same thing every day? Three services a week, Pastor. Why do, why do we have to go to all three services, Pastor? That doesn't, oh, they go to three services. That's the, So if I don't go to three services, I'm not saved, Pastor? Look awful skinny. You don't look like somebody I'm going to have trouble knocking out in a spiritual kung fu match. I mean, we're just family here. There's not a lot of people here tonight. But the truth is, we have people that aren't here. Right? The truth is, Maybe it's, we're the ones that need to contend and fight. Because they're the ones that are in the back. They're the stragglers. They need someone to fight for them. Or maybe, if you want to be honest, maybe we need the revelation of God, which is really the, the key to victory. And that is that some of those stragglers in the back have already gotten killed. And in memory of them, we need to fight against these evil things that killed them. Evil things like sin. See, God fully intends and will have the victory regardless of the assaults on our lives. And he doesn't want you walking around all defeated tonight. Worst thing you could do tonight is to go home and be and feel defeated in any way. Because you are conquered. <clears throat> but it's imperative, it's crucial to be a real conqueror. You must engage in the conflict. See, the problem with many people is they simply just don't fight back. Book of Nehemiah says this as I close. Chapter 4, verse 11. And our adversaries or our enemies said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. 
And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places whence you shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore set I in the lower places behind the wall on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, listen to this, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to not, or to nothing, that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. You guys want, just like I want, I hope, to have this church full on Sunday. To have it full every night that you come here. Well, you have to remember that the Lord God is great and terrible and not be afraid and fight. You have to fight for that. I challenge you. Begin to call people about church. Begin to contend with your, your spouse, your neighbors, your children. Get them excited about the things of God. Let them learn that the things of God are the only way to a true happiness. You all know, we all know what it's like to be bound by our flesh. It doesn't matter who you are in this place. I don't care how young or old you are. If you understand my voice, you know what I'm talking about. See, because there's more than just personal survival at stake. It's the future of this church. It's the future of our families. It's the future our husbands and wives. And this is what builds a powerful church. A powerful church is built by fighters. People who have an attitude to fight. Amalek, he's a perfect picture of the devil because he attacks Israel and then he retreats. But the thing is, Moses and Israel, they didn't run away. Day, Joshua was told, choose men, choose fighters. The next day, Moses stood with the wrath of God and raised his hands. He had his brother and he had his nephew, I believe, Hut. And they raised Moses' hands and they had a great victory. They attacked. Listen, the Amalekites were skilled fighters. But my point is, these slave children, they kick their blood. You know, Monday was Veterans Day. We can have a God who's involved. This is where God gets involved, with people who are willing to fight.
this supernatural, uh, you know, God that we serve, you know, he, they didn't stand a chance against him. And when it was all done and said, Moses ended up building a, uh, an altar, calling it Jehovah Nisi. So you know that. Jehovah Nisi, it means the Lord is our banner. Isaiah 59 speaks of the memory of this. It says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. A standard, a banner. When you stand against the enemy and you engage in conflict, God always gets involved. And he always sends divine reinforcements. <clears throat> Services like this are good for us. They are. They remind us to fight. And to always keep fighting. I have no more. Like every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. I want to take a moment in time.